Hi, Darren here, and I want to introduce this premium episode before we get into it. And it's premium because it's part of my VIQ, Very Impactful Queer, membership for the Think Queerly podcast. Now, all the details are available online, and you can find out by going to thinkqueerly.com. But I don't want to drag on this introduction. I want you to experience one of the many types of content that will be available as part of your premium membership subscription. So the link to become a member is in the show notes. And without anything more from me, let's just get into it. Welcome to Think Queerly VIQ. You are a very impactful queer, and I am your host, Queer Darren Steele. (laughs) This is Thinking Queerly, 52 Weeks of Queer Contemplation, Week 2, and the episode is titled, All Humans Are Part of Nature. To preface this before I get into it, how these This series, Thinking Queerly, is going to continue to play out, and all things develop and change with time, of course, is that I will read first the aphorism or the contemplative meditation, which will probably be very metaphorical, have sort of a narrative or poetic feel to it, And may also have very strong Taoist influences, Uh, very much the kind of story or thought idea that you have to sit with and maybe read a couple of times or think about a couple of times. I will include verbatim the queer contemplation written out in the show note, and I will include just a little bit of information that I will expand upon much more deeply in the second part of each episode. The second part of each episode I'm calling an invitation to be very, to be a very impactful queer. That's where I'm going to take the metaphor, the contemplation, and turn that into a what exercise, a way of observing or witnessing the world or perhaps even a suggestion for a simple practice that you can do in your day or in the week to see something more queerly, more critically, in a way outside of the box, so to speak. Okay, so let's get into this one today. This is All Humans Are Part of Nature. Everything that is born of nature is natural. There is no right or wrong in nature. That is the natural order of things. As in nature, gender expression is natural and like water. Gender and sexuality are fluid like water, moving around obstacles, sometimes a trickle, like a shallow stream, other times as powerful as a current, as when the tide rolls out. The only way to control water is to contain it. How we classify, categorize, or describe gender and sexuality is an intellectual construct of dualities, 
a container of the intellect. Fighting against gender and sexual fluidity is fighting against nature itself. So here's the invitation to be a very impactful queer. And the question to ponder is how can we, how do we, all of us, understand gender? Now, if you go back and read or listen again to all humans are part of nature, you might wonder why I'm talking about gender and not about humanity. Well, the thing that bothers me in in this, let's call it debate, those people who believe gender is rigid and is either male or female or masculine or feminine, perhaps, or in my opinion, don't want to see that we are all human, that we are all part of nature, that we are born of this earth. Our cells are just a much, as much a part of every other cell that is the organic structure that makes up this planet. We consume things that are grown or live on this planet, and our waste, our bodies when we die, go back often into some way, shape, or form, into the planet. And that's not being spiritual or anything like that. That's just the the natural order of things. So in that way, how is it that, and it boggles my mind, that gender isn't just natural, and the expression, expression of gender is natural in the sense that it can do whatever it wants. So getting back to the question, how can we, how do we understand gender? The question we may need to ask instead is this, what is gender? Followed by the next really important question, what are ways to describe gender? So I want you to notice that I did not say how, how can we describe gender? Because there's a difference between what and how. And the difference is subtle, but it's an important thought exercise in the understanding of gender as an idea or a concept. Pulling away from gender as a label or a container in which we can try and drop people into so that we can nicely and neatly categorize them as this or as that without the freedom to express anything outside of the boundaries of that container. Now, the latter, this dropping people into containers and limiting gender expression is what most of society has tried to do in some way, shape, or form, sometimes different in different societies. But generally, for millennia, gender has been somehow established as a codex, written or unwritten, whether that be through politics, whether that be within religious ideology, specifically what is male or female, and what are the responsibilities and the expectations of male and female. And when there are responsibilities and expectations of human expression, that's a performance. And yes, you could think performance in the sense of theater, but expression is, at its heart, performing that which a society is saying we want to observe. Or we could look at it from the other way and say what we observe 
is how this thing performs, whether that be an animal or how the plant grows from seed to full sprout or how a human expresses so-called masculine or feminine characteristics. So I'm asking you, I'm inviting you to consider what ways you can use to describe gender. So here's a hint. (laughs) I've used this metaphor of water and used just the word water to describe gender. And I've specifically used the word fluid or flowing. So take, for example, and I'm saying man because I'm a man. Observe any person who you would categorize as a, in quotation marks, a man. What do you know about that man? Are they, and I'm being subtle here, I didn't say, is he? Because that presumes something about gender. So are they a cis male or a trans male? What ways did you use to make that determination? Because both of those terms are descriptions that have become much more prevalent in the last few years in the general discussion in society and with many more trans people openly sharing, explaining, demanding acceptance for the, who they are and simply being more visible. They've always been there. So those terms are descriptions that are becoming more prevalent, as I said, as we broaden the discussion and the understanding of what gender means. But what are the ways that we come up with to make those determinations? This is a very open-ended exercise today instead of an exercise that might be more didactic or, or, or structured, simply because when I look out into the natural world, and this morning we went for a lovely walk through the park. And while that's nature, that's structured nature, because that park has been constructed and there's exercise equipment and the trees have been planted, it's not untouched nature. But it is still nature growing in its free abundance. When I look out and I observe the natural order of things, my only conclusion is that gender is an idea. It's a construct of the mind and it's ultimately a performance within the container of society and how gender is performed and the freedom to which gender is expressed is associated with time in in history. So think of presentations of gender in history books, something you read about the Roman Empire or something they read about the Byzantine area, era, not area, Uh, and how gender has been showing up in literature and film and television. There's been some great um, episodes. Netflix did one called Disclosure. Uh, That's looking at trans representation in film and TV. And Apple TV did, I think, a five-part series. I I think it's called Out on TV. I can't quite remember what the exact um, title was, but it looked at LGBTQ representation over the years and how that has changed. And then there's also the cultural aspect and all of the different social mores associated with a group of people that may create a slightly different presentation of gender 
in the same time, let's say 2020. So there may be a slightly different presentation of gender in parts of Canada, in parts of the United States, in Lithuania, in Poland, in France, in the United Kingdom, in China, in Russia. So even this concluding observation shows how fluid gender is as a concept. So the invitation is to, when you're out on a walk today or sitting at a coffee shop or standing in line if you're waiting to do takeout, wearing your mask, I hope, because this is just the end of July 2020, observe maybe the person in front of you or just a few people ahead of you so that it doesn't look like you're stalking them and ask yourself, what are the ways I can describe gender? And if you want to share your thoughts, I invite you to do so. I would love to hear what this exercise allowed you to see or helped you to see. Did you see anything differently? Did you come up with different descriptions? Did this thought exercise cause you to question your understanding of gender? So once again, thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this content and want to listen to more of Thinking Queerly and all the additional available episodes that will be exclusive to a Think Queerly premium membership, head on over to thinkqueerly.com or check out the show notes for the link.